When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, 10 to noon, as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for joining us here this morning. The BMW of Des Moines guest list has the following. This is how it shapes up. Bottom of the hour, thereabouts. We'll try and get as close to 1030 as we can. Uh, Bobby Hansen is going to join us. We're going to uh, pick his NBA brain, pick his Iowa brain, Keegan, Chris. Etc. Uh, talk to Bobby Hansen. Haven't done so in a while. Looking forward to catching up uh, with the former Hawk, former NBA or former NBA champion with those Chicago Bulls team. Bobby Hansen, our only guest in the first hour of the program. Uh, we will talk Minnesota sports with Dane Muzatani to kick off the second hour. Twins will be a part of it. Vikings will be a part of it. Uh, maybe a little Timberwolves and Wild sprinkled in. Uh, with Dane Muzatani. He uh, writes for the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press. He'll join us at 11.05. And then we'll head from Minneapolis to Chicago, where David Kaplan, who uh, had to switch up his uh, appearance this week, normally Wednesday at 11.30, but he had a uh, commitment yesterday. So he will be with us today at 11.30, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Well, lots of ground to cover, lots of places we can start, of course, a lot of eyeballs on television sets tonight is uh, whatever side you're rooting for. Uh, be a long way to go before the CFL determines. <laughs> where did you think I was going? I thought you were going here. This, I thought this is where we're starting today. <laughs> ah. How about those Minnesota Twins? Trent, I watched a lot of it last night. I'm in to them. They finally got by their nemesis for one game. Chris Archer, and he was really good. Yeah. Took him out after five last night, which is... Now, is that the normal? It is. So this is something that Rocco and the front office staff with Belvi and Levine, they've been big into this, is they went out and got acquired these veterans. Chris Archer dealt with injuries now for, mm-hmm. what, a half decade? Yep. I mean, it's been a long time Hasn't since... Hasn't been the same since he got to Pittsburgh. Right. The the Chris Archer that we initially knew as he was thrust onto the <laughs> and scene. And the Pirates thought they were getting. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan Bundy. Guys like this that right. are fine. They're number four, number five starters, and you're maybe hoping they can be a three. But in order to do that, the easiest way to do it in baseball, and this is across the line, and it doesn't matter what pitcher you look at, from Randy Johnson to a career journeyman, third time through the order, mm-hmm. just how much the difference is it in does. batting. It makes a huge difference. And they said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take these guys, we're going to, and if it's four innings, if it's five, if it's three and two-thirds, but for the most part, we are going to just... Do what these guys can do best two times through the order, and that's basically going to be it. Archer last night only had 70 pitches. Yeah. 
He was very efficient. Mm-hmm. He'd been kind of a four-inning pitcher, and they got five out of him. They're probably happy with that, certainly against the Left Yankees Left with lineup. the 2-1 lead, Trent, and, and, and it could have been uh, two-zip. I don't think his, I think his first hit was in the fifth inning yeah, that yeah. he gave up. He was cruising along uh-huh. early on. Nestor was doing the same. It yeah. was He's fun to watch. But you know what I like about, uh, about uh, Nestor? Um, he doesn't take long between pitches. No, he does he not. He gets the signal uh-huh. and goes into his windup and he pitches. And you'll love that about him. This is the second, second biggest win for the Twins this millennium since 2000. Against the Yankees. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Look, Cortez wasn't bad last night. No. The Jeffers twin. got him for a home run. Mm-hmm. Defense wasn't great. Stanton was a disaster in right field. He had one play about hit him in the head, another mm-hmm. one where hit off the wall, had a long run over to the line, got there, and then didn't make the play. So that, was that late in the game? Those were, no, but decently early for the most part. Yeah. Because I was gone probably, I don't know. I watched a lot of the NBA. Boy, yeah. I was wrong on that. Get we to that in a second. Both swung and missed Holy on that one. mackerel. But, for a night, the Twins get the win. Mm-hmm. All right, the Demons are not exercised. They're still an 18-game playoff losing streak. You still lost 13 straight to the Yankees in the playoffs. And, yeah. and if they see them again, that is still going to rear. They're not going to remember June 8th. <laughs> remember June 8th. That, that's not going we to be. We can look back. And- right. That's not going to be the calling card, but for a night, it was a fun night of baseball. And had it on up in the booth last night as I was calling high school Yeah, baseball. where you had Johnston and Valley. Valley last night. Yep, so just had the short trip over to Valley last night. Johnston took game 1-7-4, and then the nightcap that we had, 10-3, uh, the win for the Dragons. They're 18-1 now. Mm-hmm. Johnston is just so good. Mm-hmm. They grind out at bats. This is not the same team that we've seen in the past that had the stars. You know, They had a bunch of D1 players and, and guys that are high-level talents. This is more of a grinded-out kind of team. But the way that they battle, the way that they make it difficult for any pitcher that is out there, they're the number one team, and they should be the number one mm-hmm. team. So did that in uh, Lucas Strain, who played for Urbandale a couple years back on the state championship team. Uh, he was with me up in the booth last night. He's going to do a couple of games this summer for us as well. Really fun to get his perspective and, and so him talking about So how old is he now? He's going to be a senior in college. He'll be a senior at Iowa this year. Yeah. And he started the state championship game, that Urbandale-Johnston mm-hmm. championship. Talking about the rivalry between Urbandale and Johnston was really fun to get his perspective and, and just... We talk about Dowling Valley, right? Yeah. In fall. And it's a good rivalry. But those are really, I mean, it's a friendly rivalry for the most part. Swenson and Wilson have so much respect for each other. Yep. They grew up. They played youth football together. They're neighbors. Urbandale Johnston baseball. I mean, they are the two behemoths. And the way their youth programs are run, you learn to hate each other early (laughs) on. And it starts when you're playing 7U, you know, baseball. And it goes from there. And I love that rivalry. I love that aspect. I know they play in a couple of weeks. Hopefully I'll be able to get out there and do that ball game just because that rivalry. For me, in terms of hatred, dislike, and it's not like that in other sports, too. That's so funny. It is It is like a well, baseball Ankeny only and thing. Southeast Polk had a little. Oh, yeah, they uh, did. Back in the, what, 05, 4, 6, yep. somewhere in that. That was there the was one hatred. that I heard about, too, when yeah. I came here. And, yes. That was legit. I mean, the coach. No, that was East and Ankeny. The coaches had a set, too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Not sure it got a lot of coverage. Yeah. <laughs> on that particular night. Yeah, uh, that was good. But there have been uh, occasional rivals like this. So um, 
Speaking of Urbandale, they're in the news football-wise. Kai Black. Yes. You've had to have seen him play. I have a couple of times, yep. So give us your give us your take on the, I don't know if he's the newest Cyclone, but he's certainly one of. If any, I'm not sure anybody else signed after him, but uh, he's going to be a Cyclone. What do you know about him? He is a guy that's a very intriguing prospect. He's already got huge size. You know, he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. And, and had a bunch of pretty good offers. Oh, absolutely. There's people that think maybe he would grow into a tight end, but maybe he's in the Alan Lazard camp where... By the way, Alan Lazard tweeted about him. He's really good. I've heard about Kai Black since he was a freshman. Have you? That was one of those kids that, hey, watch out for this one. You could see it right away. I think he is a perfect piece for what Iowa State does, uh, taking over the spot, you know, that outside position. If he grows into a tight end, great. I don't know if that's Iowa State's plan with him. Much like Lazard, I think the plan ultimately is he's going to be a receiver. But very angular guy, good track speed. He's got all the pieces there. In an Urbandale offense that is adapt and change, Coach Anderson, he's moved with the times, going back to the old days when they're having the slapbacks and mm-hmm. you know those kind of things, and they've evolved into a 21st century offense and, and having a guy like that. I've, I've really liked him, really liked the talent, and he's a guy that, at least what I see, it feels like his best football is still in front of him. He's got a lot of upside still to him, you know, getting through routes and learning that kind of part of the receiver position. I think there's a lot of good football. Football still ahead for Kai Black. Mm, very interesting. Well, since we're talking high school, a couple more notes. Uh, um, Aaron Graves yesterday, see the honor that he was bestowed. Isn't that wild? It's incredible, this kid, Trent. Um, I can't wait to watch him play. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he's if he's half as good as we anticipate <laughs> yeah. he's going to be, right? That, that would make him awful darn good. Yeah. Uh, he's the Max Preps Athlete of the Year. Not football player of the year. No, athlete of the year. Athlete. Right, because of, of his wrestling, etc. Yes. too. And basketball. And basketball. Where right. he wrestled in the state tournament and then went and right. played same a district day. basketball game yeah. on the same day. He is... Just uh, some of the players, that the people that have won this in the past. Yeah. Do, do you have that list? I don't know. Okay, so Jalen Suggs. That's a good one. Lonzo Ball. Uh-huh. Kyler Murray. A uh-huh. couple more. Derek Henry. Yeah. And that kid who... I can't think of his name. Quarterback in Kansas City. Oh, Patrick. That would be him, yeah. Wow. That's the list that Aaron Graves joined. That's incredible. Mahomes, Henry, Suggs, Ball, Murray. I know Xavier Wampa has all the buzz, the Mm five-star rating and everything else, but Aaron Graves was very close to him in the national rankings. Michigan was involved early. Ohio State was involved with him early, but he committed to Iowa so early. I wonder if he wouldn't have committed. As a freshman, mm, how many? Yeah, good point. You know, if if uh-huh. his if he took his recruitment up to the eleventh hour right. like Wampa did, yeah. If our conversation, I think, because statewide people always want. I get this all the time. What about Xavier? Yeah, yeah. I don't get Aaron Graves now. Mm-hmm. I, of course, I didn't also call Aaron Graves' right. games, but right. if it would have went to that level, if we would have heard heard Alabama and Clemson being involved, and oh, hey, he's going down to Miami this week. You know, those kind of stories. Just how different I think maybe the buildup and the excitement would be for Aaron Graves because you know it. Every time we talk to a recruiting analyst, we talk to Tom Cakert and people twenty four seven, Ike Colton Company. They talk about it. our national guys absolutely love him, and he's gone to the big camps and he's gone to the Army All American game and he has dominated when he's gone to those big places mm-hmm. from a small school to mm-hmm. do those kind of things. It's it's a great story of Iowa and it's another reason. That we love our in-state guys at Iowa and Iowa State. Just these kind of stories are so fun. You know who he looks like? He looks like Paul Horning when Paul Horning's young. Oh yeah, I, I think that's the first thing I thought of when uh, you see Paul. Horning oh yeah, I can Notre, see it. Yeah, Notre Dame, right in our back in the early pack. The picture that he's got yeah, his helmet in his arm. Yeah, right? yeah. And, the, and the curly blonde hair. Uh-huh. Kind of, they, they they do kind of look like. Uh, anyways, well, uh, Guy Black's a cyclone. Aaron Graves is. Uh, 
Freak. And good for him joining that list. By the way, I read the piece, Randy Peterson's piece in the Des Moines Register on Hunter Deckers. Have you read it? I have not, no. Man, there's a lot of... And I get it. Like, nobody does buzz like Iowa State in the summer months, mm-hmm. right? Win the offseason. They do. I'm starting to wonder... Yesterday we talked about the point spread, right? And mm-hmm. we both said, well... You know, as of June the whatever it was seventh, we're gonna. This is how I feel, but you know, don't hold me to it. Right. If if we just mentioned if Graves is half as good, if Hunter Deckers is is you know close to what he's being advertised mm-hmm. and talked about, he lost all this weight. Um, is Hutchinson's raving about him? He can move around too. He's a big guy now, not as big anymore after the mm-hmm. weight loss that he had, but. He's a guy that always could move around. And watching him at the high school levels, he threw for 10,000 yards, doing it, yeah, small school football, but he was putting up big numbers. But as a big guy, it wasn't he was just chucking it around. He can make plays with his feet, and you add that element to it, a guy that can move around a little bit, you can move the pocket. We know he's got incredibly strong arms. And 20 pounds lighter, you think he'd be able to move around a little quicker. Absolutely. The thing about him is it's... It was good for him that he got some playing time last Absolutely. year. Like he played a lot. Remember, they took Brock Purdy out of the Seahawks game yeah, last year. Yeah, he was benched. And he was benched, and Decker came in on that one. And that wasn't his only playing time last mm-hmm. year. So, you know, he's, he's throwing touchdown passes. He's running around a little bit. We've seen glimpses of him. I'm anxious to see him play. What, uh, what was the other game that he played quite a bit? Was it o- Oklahoma game? Well, might have been, or Oklahoma State. Let me find the game log here for Hunter Deckers. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, Oklahoma. Came into that one, 5-9, and nine, 29 yards, had a touchdown and a pick. And that, pick was, and that was his only pick of the year that he, they threw. Right, yeah. Had a touchdown against uh-huh. Iowa late in that game. Played also against UNLV and Kansas uh, during the season. So he finished 20-36 last year. Two touchdowns, one interception, 193 yards in that limited duty. But you kind of shake off that. That nervousness, that first time That's feeling it, that you right? have, yeah, yeah, it'll be different trotting mm-hmm. out there with it's the first snap team. of the game. And there's nobody pushing him. There's not this year. No, there's, but there's pressure on him because he's the quarterback at Iowa State, and they lost all that. And if they're mm-hmm. going to get the bowl eligibility, and Campbell's team's not going to take a step back, I mean, it's the most important player position on the field. So. Uh, we'll see. We've done all we can to avoid talking about how wrong we were on the NBA game last night. <laughs> Trent, I, I it's just we had it in the third quarter. The third, they took the lead. Yes. I mean, Golden State was never in this basketball game, with one exception: the twelve minutes that they came out of the locker room. But then the fourth quarter was just embarrassing. If you had Golden State or you were rooting for Golden State, it was um, they got killed again. Um, Curry had a couple of turnovers. Now the question with with Curry is him and Al Horford got tangled up a little bit. And Curry, the bad news is that of the way that these games have been set up with the three nights between the games, this is the one and only occurrence in this NBA final where there's only 48 hours between games. So um, you certainly think that Curry could use the extra day to get himself, you know, back to close to 100%. All I know is what he said after the game, and he said after the game that he's going to be fine, that he's going to play, that he'll be out there for game four. But man, oh man, these Celtics last night, they just, they took it to him right off the bat. They took it to him right from the gun. And, um, Draymond Green was not good by, by any means. Draymond Green stunk last night. Thompson was good. He was. Thompson was good. For the second and third quarter. 
And he didn't score. Yeah. He didn't score in the first. No, quarter. he didn't. No, he didn't. But but he got, got it going. going. Yep. And then he started. He started because he was. Did he start zero for three? I think. is that what it was? Zero yeah. for three or zero for four? But then he started to make some shots, and you could start to see that confidence build a little bit. Um, but Boston was just. They were just the better team. Jalen Brown was great early on. He was. Williams was terrific. I mean, and then Robert, where did that come from? Because he had been. I kind of missed any action here the last couple of weeks. Trent, as much as the as, as the box score will tell you one thing, mm-hmm. he was good. You know what else he was? He didn't take any of Draymond Green's crap, right? And he no, won't. no, no, and he, and he won't. No, absolutely. He wasn't going to let him chirp at him. But you're right. Brown was terrific. Brown uh, was it Brown that that Curry picked up his fourth foul? Yeah, early, on the yeah. dive. I mean, what an awful call! Oh, yeah, just a terrible call. But uh, I'm not sure what it made a difference. Boston was the better team last night, so I've come full circle again, right again. I mean, you, you are a, you are the opposite of a zigzag guy. No, <laughs> you you fall into the latest is the greatest yeah. with you all the time. Yeah. Again, I joke with you, but I understand why you do not bet day to day. You I, were so, I couldn't do it. You were overreactionary to everything that mm-hmm. you last saw, mm-hmm. and a perfect example. Well, it was their length yesterday. It was Boston's length. Have you seen the series price? How much that shifted? Now, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. So I'm going to say, John, we'll get to you in a second. Stay there. I do want to talk to you. Because um, going into game three, it was minus 115 Celts, minus one, no, minus 105 Celtics, minus 115 for Golden State, or, or vice versa. But I think it probably, yeah, I don't know what yeah, it was. But it, it was really close. So now it's um, Golden State is minus 200 Boston plus 160. No, yeah, absolutely. Celtics are the favorite. I mean, yeah, yeah Golden yeah. State, rather. Golden State minus 200. 225. 225. And you can get the that Warriors much? at circa plus 195. Holy mackerel. Now, I'm pot invested on both sides. Me we too. had that Pacific wager that mm-hmm. we both made That's back in April. Saver. Yep. And then I had the Boston one that they were down 3-2 in the Miami series. When was that that I hopped on and, and got that? So I'm in good shape either way. If I didn't have a pending bet, though, on both sides... I'd probably still be looking at the Warriors at that Would price, you? basically two to one. Yeah, the series isn't over. And Friday night, the quick turnaround and Curry's hurt. Trent, don't forget. Yeah, he says the, he's going to play. Says he'll be fine. But boy, oh boy, it'd be much better for Golden State if you didn't have to play till Saturday. Heart of a champion. Uh-huh. I believe in Golden State bouncing back, and and we're maybe finally going to get a good game on Friday night. Fingers crossed. We're due. Uh, let's get John in here. Bobby Hansen coming up in about ten minutes. Hi, John. Thanks for being patient. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine. Thanks. Good show again, guys. Uh, I'll be quick because I'm sure you come up. I'll come up on a, on a break here. Um, but no, I'm just going back to the Brock Purdy story. I remember that game against Oklahoma. Uh, Purdy got knocked out in the second half. He was uh, he got his bell rung in that game, and then Deckers came in, drove him down the field for a score, and I'm and then they brought Purdy back in the next offensive series. I'm saying. Really? The guy just let you down the field to a touchdown. I mean, that's one one of the few times you want to question Tom Manning or or Matt Campbell on on who to put in as your signal caller. But good grief, he just he just not only went down the field, but he led you to a touchdown and got you within striking distance of the Sooners on their home turf. But you know, like TC, it's kind of like like uh, you and I being Twins fans, kind of like Royce Lewis hitting a grand slam for the Twins and saying, <laughs> "What are you doing, sending him down to St. Paul?" Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. John, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right, I- I'm looking forward to watching him play. I, really I am too. Am. I'm I- looking forward to it. I'm looking back at that Oklahoma the drive chart there. So Decker's threw the interception right when he came in. It was the second play that he had come in. They get the ball back. Purdy's still not ready. They come in. Decker's with a completion to Hutchinson. Uh, completion to Kohler, and then the t- 
touchdown on uh, the fourth on the third down play there. So that's how they got going. It was a 12-yard touchdown pass. But then right after that, it was Purdy came back in. They went three and out. Mm-hmm. Scored a touchdown to make it 28-21. And then as they're driving late in that game, down a touchdown, Purdy had the ball intercepted on fourth and 10 from the 21. Close game. They play Oklahoma tough. Yes, they do. They really, they've had that. Which is another reason I was surprised they moved that game off Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Vatek, I don't know. We shall see. All right, uh, 20 minutes after the hour of uh, 10 o'clock, Bobby Hansen coming up. Looking forward to talking to Bobby about, about the NBA, what he's seen. Um, you know, Chris Murray, Keegan Murray, those type of mm-hmm. things. I'll ask him about Jordan Bohannon, too. I, I'm going to miss Bohannon, Trent. Yeah. I am. I'm going to miss Bohannon. I, I, I enjoyed watching his career. You said what his missed free throw is? Oh, it's it's, it's the all time for me. Yeah, it's when, the most memorable play I've seen out of a Cyclone or a Hawkeye, and it was a missed free throw, but it was purposely missed to not break Chris Streak's re- Street's record. Um, I mean, I, I, that was the classiest move. I had a tear in my eye watching it. I'm excited though, as good to as, move on to see the next roster. Yeah, I get that. They have had twelve years of Fran McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Ten of those 12 years has had either Mike Cassell mm-hmm. or Jordan Bohannon at the point guard spot. Those guys were fine. Yeah. Good players. Good mm-hmm. college players. Mm-hmm. I don't know what DeSante Bowen's going to be. Now, we've heard varying reports about him. But if he is what Ray McCaffrey envisions, if he is that point guard that has size at six foot three, can go off the bounce, can get to the rim, can be a playmaker along with the facilitator, we know point guard in the Iowa offense, you're going to put up numbers, right? I mean, Bryce Cartwright found him on the scrap heap in Bryce July, yeah. and he had a monster, did. monster season with Iowa. If Desante Bowen is that, I just I'm ready for something different. And it was never Joe Toussaint. He had too many limitations, mm-hmm. and it very well could prove. Where did that he end up? Did he St. John's, Syracuse? Where did he West end Virginia. up? West Virginia. West Virginia. That's right. West Virginia. Going out and playing yep, with Huggy that's Bear. That's right. West Virginia. And that'll be really good for his style. Defensive mm-hmm. intensity, full court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be good for Joe Toussaint. But he was never going to be the guy that. I think is a point guard that a lot of people wanted to see in the Fred offense. You go back to you know when he had Ronald Moore at Siena and some of those Siena teams and how good they were at the point guard position in the backcourt. Just a different kind of guy. That's what I'm excited to see. You see what this offense that you know is going to be good. It's going to be efficient. And if they have a different type of point guard, what it can be, or maybe it's my dude Tony Perkins. I'm still hanging on to that one. What if what if uh, final month of the season for him? Yeah, if not full time. No, but 10, 12, 15 mm-hmm. minutes a game, him running the point, his ability to just put his head down and barrel in. And he's a fun player to watch and to see what that could look like if Bowen isn't ready. If Ulyss doesn't take a step that he certainly needs to offensively this year, what that can be like. So I, I know I'm not alone in that thought, too. Bohan and Gray Hawkeye. Mike Cassell, Gray Hawkeye. Ready to see something different. No, about that I understand. Spot. I understand. Last thing before we get to our break, uh, the uh, the PGA, the commissioner of the PGA, uh, Monahan with Jay Monahan. Um, it, it came out last night that the PGA is waiting for the um, PGA Tour members that have gone to live golf to put their tee in the ground and to and, and to begin play. Mm-hmm. And once they did, they was going to send out the um, the letter. Uh, notify all of the players that they're suspended. So they're out. They're done from the PGA. What does that mean? Uh, there's a battle amongst these two leagues. Uh-huh. This, this is going to be fun to watch play out, Trent, because the Live Tour, as we know, has got a bottomless supply of money. The mm-hmm. PGA Tour is where the best players are going to play. How long before the PGA Tour players um, realize that these guys over there, they're nowhere near as good as we are? 
and they're making X amount of times more than us. Eight, 10, 12 times uh-huh. more. Money, money. Just showing up. Right. Even if these guys have made all the money that they'll ever need playing golf, you know it's a pride thing. Mm-hmm. It's a pride thing when it comes to my Look at players' contracts. Have you flipped it on yet? I haven't. Where would you find it? LiveGolf.com. And they're showing it? Yep. Watching Phil right now as he is teeing off on number nine, playing in London. And yeah, they got the big uh, scoreboard up on the left can, side. Do they? Uh, can you? Do you have volume? Uh, well, I can get volume, yeah. Why don't you play a little bit of it so we can... They got a pass, I thought. Yeah. Three-quarter swing, one iron. Because what? They got the soccer guy, right, Arlo? No, no. Yeah. Here's Brandon Grace. Brandon Grace trying to save par. Nine to play. Sounds like golf. It sounds like... What are the crowds like? Can you see... I mean, the galleries. That's it? I've only seen one cutaway here. I'll keep an eye on it. All right, livegolf.com. Bobby Hansen coming up next, 1025 Miller and Condon underway on a Thursday. We're going to head to the Twin Cities, catch up with Dane Mazzatani. Look forward to doing that. Uh, Twins finally beat their nemesis last night, those dreaded New York Yankees. Uh, we'll do some uh, Vikings as well with Dane Mazzatani. David Kaplan at 1130 Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. Miller and Condon on a Thursday's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Catch your place. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. Right now, uh, let's get our friend Bobby Hansen in here. Of course, the uh, color analyst for uh, Hawkeye men's basketball, former NBA or a world champion in his own right, and he joins us. Bobby Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on, Bobby Hansen. How are you? Hey, man, doing okay. Uh, over here in the Quad Cities right now at uh, work, uh, we have a big luncheon where we honor some businesses and students, uh, award scholarships. So, yeah, that goes off at noon. So, uh, good to talk to you. Well, good to talk to you, Bobby. You know, let's do the NBA before we get into the Hawks. Want to pick your brain on Keegan and Chris and the roster, etc. Um, look, at, I, I was completely wrong in Game 3 last night. I thought Golden State kind of... Uh, um, was about to take over this series after what we saw in game number two. Bobby, is it, does the Celtics' length, is that what's presenting the biggest problem for Golden State? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a problem, uh, Kenny, but it's also their youth, I, I think. You know, you got two stars, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, are on the verge of, of breaking out being stars. And Marcus Smart, you know, he gives you that third option last night, and they're doing it with defense, good old-fashioned, you know, get tough, and, you know, they're not backing down to uh, Draymond Green and uh, what he's trying to muck it up. You look at the evolution of what we have seen from basketball, and certainly NBA basketball, where for a lot of times it just feels like a three-point contest. You hit over 40% of your threes, you're going to win. If you're struggling shooting the ball, you're going to lose. This style of basketball that you see today, you're a shooter, Bobby. Do you like this style compared to the era that you played in, or or is it become just too much of that, too much shooting and, and not enough else? Well, I, I think it, it's exciting. I mean, I, I like the three-point shot. I think sometimes too many three-pointers are, are shot in, in the NBA game. Um, there's nobody inside. And, and, you know, I go back to Iowa's Luca Garza. I mean, he was kind of discounted as, well, he's not an NBA uh, uh, era, new era player right now. But, you know, he would dominate inside in there. So, yeah, I don't know. It just it is what it is, and and you got great shooters. It's brought little guys back into the game. You look at Steph. You look mm-hmm. at Trey Young, uh, John Morant. Mm-hmm. You know those guys would get pounded 
30 years ago, 35 years ago, they'd be knocked to the floor every time. But now the middle is wide open. So you're seeing guys able to, you know, isolate. It's bring, who do you want to go against? They're always bringing uh, – Boston is always bringing uh, Steph's guy over to, so he can be isolated over there. He's got to be a better defender, but he's still, you know, small, and he's an offensive player. So – it's just the evolution of the game. I got no problem with it, but back to my original comment, guys. I like the youth. I like the youth that uh, that Boston has and the job that that rookie coach has done here. And yet it's a veteran that gets my attention, Bobby, and it's hard not to root for uh, for Horford, right? Been in the league as long yeah. as he has finally getting to, you know, to play in the finals. And he's been a big contributor during this postseason. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, his consistency a little bit off, but, you know, he's getting up there, but... He got him off to a great start in game one. That's the one that I figured uh, Golden State would blow him out in that one. So um, it was completely the other way, and now Golden State come back. And it'll be a good game Friday night. But, yeah, Al Horford, man, you got you got to cheer for him. Good guy. And uh, they got a lot of players. It, it looks to me just, you know, waking up and watching Sports Center some highlights. Boston has better, more better players, if that's fair, and they're healthier than Golden State is right now. Uh, Bobby, do you remember Draymond Green? I mean, it's been a while since he was at Michigan State, right? Did yeah. he have this kind of attitude, or was he this type of player? I don't remember him being as, you know, the cock of the walk, if you will, type of uh, uh, type of player. Sure. Was was he? Do you remember him like that? Uh, he always he always played with attitude. Yeah, yeah. I do remember. You know, he's got you know uh, age will get all of us, so it just kind of you know put a little age on some miles on him and. Uh, again, Boston's just laughing at him and, and uh, what he's trying to do out there. Now he could come back and have a have a great game uh, tomorrow night. But yeah, he always played with an edge, played with an attitude, and then that's what's taken him to the heights that, that he's been able to to uh, go to here with Golden State. But uh, you know they need some help. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is trying, but that, uh, they just don't have enough. Jordan Poole, you know, he was good for a little while. Clay Thompson doesn't look completely healthy to me. Mm-hmm. He may be, you know, another year away or six months away. He'll be back at it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun, series. We had some blowouts, and you kind of <laughs> turn it off later in the evening. I haven't seen all of it, but uh, I, I like the way Boston's playing, you know, in the new format. When we played 30 years ago, this is 30th anniversary when I was on that Bulls team, it was two at home, three on the road, yep. and then two back home. So now you're 2-2, two, 1-1-1. Two, one, one, one. So this, this thing might go, I got Boston in six. Boston in six. Well, Bobby mentioned Draymond back in his days in Michigan State. Of course, you're still there calling games yep. with Dolph on the basketball network. And some breaking news here with Iowa basketball. Matt Gatons is Coming home, going back to Iowa City, as he has been named to Fran McCaffrey's staff. No surprise, been speculated about plenty. That was a name that a lot of people were pointing to. Don't know if you knew that going into today, but the news is official. Matt Gaten's part of the crew. What does Matt Gaten's add to this Iowa basketball staff? Well, he adds to the family. I mean, he you know played for Fran, uh, stuck around there. He played for uh, Todd Licklider for the for the three years, and then Matt was a star player mm-hmm. for, for the Hawkeyes, and then he got into coaching. So. You know, a family that's entrenched in Iowa City. Uh, his dad, Mike, uh, was a player, was a good friend of mine. So, yeah, that, that's really good news to hear. I, I assumed it was going to happen, but uh, as I told people, Fran knows a lot of people. A lot, and he knows yeah. a lot of coaches out there. I see these guys talking to them, guys that, uh, you know, the head coach you know is going to be gone at the end of the year at, at whatever school we're playing. But he's always talking with them, but uh, I think that's a great choice. And he's just he'll be able to connect with guys, you know, he, under uh, – uh, Drake there, he did a great job. Bruce Pearl, 
down at uh, Auburn. So he's been around. So uh, Fran requires a lot out of his assistants. They're responsible for the complete game plan, the complete scout. They take ownership in that. So I, I think it's a great choice. Matt will do a great job. Conversely, what will they miss in Kirk Spira? Yeah, he, he would prepare great scouting reports. And, and uh, he was their shooting guy. They called him the shot doctor. He tried to work with the kids when uh, maybe a little, you know, when the confidence was down. Um, yeah, that was a surprise to see uh, Kirk announce his retirement. Haven't had a chance to, to uh, get around to golf with him uh, or anything yet to, to pick his brain. But uh, I think it's time for family, for Kirk being mm-hmm. there for 43 years. And he's lost his mother. And Tracy lost her mom and Iowa City lady. Uh, this past year so sometimes that stuff catches up but yeah I, Kirk's going to be missed no doubt about it he had a calm level head to him and uh, you know he was a Lute Olsen protege come off the Lute Olsen tree he was his first coaching job guys was the final four year 1980 when he was Jeez. our dorm monitor yeah he lived <laughs> in the dorm with us and uh, had to be as a grad assistant elevated by the NCAA to full assistant status when Tony McAndrews, one of our main assistants, went down in a plane crash, he survived it. But uh, after Kirk got his start, so, um, yeah, he, Kirk Spiro is going to be missed, as is Billy Taylor. Billy did an outstanding job as well. But he was on that path to, uh, to become a head coach once again. So congratulations to, to all those involved. I, I'm sure he was a great hall monitor because you guys never left the dorm, right? I mean, there, there was no way you made your ah, way too down. Too much homework. No, exactly. There, that had to be an easy job for Kirk, right? Oh, yeah, we we laugh about it now, but uh, there were were some things he had to be the disciplinarian, and that's not really in in Kirk's style to get after us, but when he did, you know, he was kind of like Luke, when when he'd get after us, it was, was, uh, you know, he meant business, but what Kirk will mention is that it wasn't just basketball guys on there, you had football guys on there. Like uh, Mark Bortz and Bobby Stoops and Bohannon, we, we, we were all living together on the floor, and the wrestlers were uh, ten doors down on, on the third floor. There, uh, interesting. You know, since uh, Bobby, how do you do? You, we didn't talk to you about this, uh, but Mac McCausland, how we, how do you remember him? Yeah, Mac always around. He, he yeah. had uh, uh, he, he his two loves were number one his family, uh, his, his daughter and his son Kent. And then Hawkeye basketball. I mean, he's a guy that probably didn't score a point as a varsity player, but he had an incredible love of of everything Iowa Hawkeye basketball and and football. He had his tailgates going on. Him and uh, Linda, his previous wife, they would bring cookies uh, for us, drop them Hmm. up there in the dorm. So, yeah, it's my first recollection of Mac and and always, always smiling, always friendly. Uh, always wanting to talk basketball. You know, it, it was it, it was his life. He was consumed by that. Uh, like I said, and his family. So the big news, of course, uh, a week ago, as Chris Murray announces that he is coming back, certainly changes the complexion of this Iowa basketball team. We all anticipate there's going to be a leap. There's going to be a leap, like we saw with Keegan this past season. What are we going to see from Chris that is different than his brother? What kind of player do you anticipate we're going to see out of Chris Murray this year? Confident. I think the uh, the process that he just went through in Chicago and seeing that next level, the opportunity that uh, has been presented to to brother Keegan, who's going to be a top five pick in the draft and uh, everything that comes along with that, but also what you have to put into it. I think Chris is uh, you know no problem with that. He he saw Luca do it. Uh, You know he's been trained by Kenyon, his dad, alongside brother Keegan. But with the opportunity Keegan got this year, took full advantage of it. And uh, all Chris needs is uh, minutes on the floor and confidence. 
He just needs to, when that ball goes down for him, he's got a sweet-looking jump shot. The 29 points uh, in the game against Indiana, a, a career high for him there. It's a game that I remember out of Chris, but it always looked like, you know, he had another gear. It's like, all right, he can go up a, a step further, or he can get after it. He, he can, he's got a little uh, nasty attitude to him as well. So uh, I think you're going to see a similar player to, to what Keegan had. Now, it's tough to say he's going to improve his scoring by 20-plus points, but right. uh, it was certainly good news, guys, when, when we all heard that Chris was coming back to the Hawks. Bobby, was the, was the Keegan's step forward, was it apparent, when you go back to November and the season started, was it, when, in your mind, did you was there a, oh my gosh, this guy's really gotten better since last time I saw him. Was that apparent right off the bat last year? Yeah, yeah, it, it was, and I, and I told Kenyon that he'd come over and he just... He'd smile and kind of shake his head, too. It was like, you know, I knew the, the kid had it in him, but you never know until the bullets start to fly, if you will. And uh, talk to Fran about it as well. He said they had a uh, practice scrimmage, a closed, you know, the secret scrimmage against Illinois State, I think it was, at home. And Keegan was far and away the best player on the floor at that time. And he said, I told the staff, it's like, we got a special player here. We got a shot with Keegan. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty apparent. I only saw two bad games. Iowa State game, he was injured. He had, he had the ankle, was hurting it. And then the final game, the Richmond game, for whatever reason, he couldn't get into the flow and, and uh, finally got going a little bit late. But those are the only two bad games I saw. And that, that's, a, that's a superstar when you're consistent like that. Freshman point guard DeSante Bowen. I know uh, making his way to campus right now, but what have you heard about him and what has Fran said about Bowen? Uh, a possibility of having a point guard with a little bit of size, six foot three, he's got some length to him. What their anticipation is during his rookie campaign? I think they're real excited. They're really, really happy to get him. And um, you know, Aaron Eulis, I think would probably be the point guard going in alongside Tony Perkins. But just a little bit of highlights I've seen, guys, of Desante Bowen. Um, some guys I know up in New York that, that around Siena, and he said, wait till Fran gets his type of point guard, mm-hmm. and that's a guy that can score it, can shoot it, as an assist guy, a setup guy, and has got quickness. And, and that's everything DeSante Bowen has that I've seen, you know, in these highlight reels that, that high schools will send out or, or his prep school sends out. But, uh, yeah, looking for big things out of DeSante for sure. Um, when I asked Fran about him, he kind of gives you that look, and he said, he can really play. <laughs> nice. Uh, Bobby, I, um, I, Peyton Sanford's the guy for me. I wish he could yeah. buy stock in players, right? Because I think he's about yeah. to take off. Love this confidence, uh, and I think he's got a big step from his freshman to his sophomore campaign. How about you? Yeah, I would agree, 100%, no doubt. Good kid to talk to. You know, He listens, he asks questions, and uh, he can really shoot it. It doesn't take him long to squeeze off a, a, a shot and when Jordan was making all his shots I you know I get to go in the locker room and interview Fran up in the uh, coaches suite but I see Peyton there and I'm like you're going to be the guy that, that is going to yeah. break uh, Jordan's Big Ten record and he just smiles and, and laughs and Jordan kind of gives him a wink and a nod as well but yeah the kid, kid's got talent he's got skill he's got size as well he's got he's got good size so he's going to continue to develop into a really good player how will you remember Jordan Bohannon oh uh, a lot of things. I, I think Jordan, uh, you know, clutch would, would probably be number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, ability to make big shots, take over a game uh, from the outside. A little bit like Steph Curry. Steph's probably got better ball handling than, than Jordan does. But, you know, another a, a, a young guy, little guy that, that made his mark mm-hmm. in, in, the, uh, in college basketball to, with the ability to shoot and shoot from long range. Uh, victories at Wisconsin. We hadn't won up at Wisconsin forever. 
Cordell Pemsel gets an offensive rebound, shovels it back to Jordan, and he drains it. And uh, just so happy for him. And, and having gone to college with, with uh, his father, uh, spent a lot of time with, with Gordy and the football guys and, and good people. Uh, built my confidence up when your confidence wavers a little bit. Uh, Gordy always had a, a word of encouragement, and I think that's what he's done such a good job with, with the four boys is, is they're all great kids, confident players, respectful. And, uh, yeah, he, he's uh, he's gutsy as well to, to do some of the things he's done, leave your shoes at Hilton Coliseum. I'm not sure I could do that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it made some money for the Children's Hospital, uh, very generous. So, uh, yeah, and, and cutting edge, NIL, guys. I mean, look where yes. the world is now. Yep. If it wasn't for, yeah, him and Geo Baker, and uh, uh, I can't remember the other kid's name that was involved, kid from Michigan, but, man, <laughs> they blew the lid off that during a lockdown in COVID, and uh, now it's, it's wide open. Indeed. When he when he purposely missed the free throw so he wouldn't break Chris Streak's yeah. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it. Hey, last thing for you, Bobby. Yeah, just, um, I don't know how many Pistons games you saw and the ones you saw, whether or not Luka was part of it. Uh, what did you see in his rookie campaign in the NBA? Yeah, I didn't see much, guys, uh, to be honest with you. the um, I just saw a kid that continued to grind. Uh, I know he's got the support of the, the administration, the staff up there. John Beeline is uh, in Detroit as a consultant, I believe, really likes Luca. So, you know, I, I think it shows that they like him when they took him off that uh, two-way contract and made it a full-time contract, which means he went from about 500000 to a million dollars. So mm. um, that gets him off to a good start. And you know what you're going to get out of Luca is 100% effort every time he comes into the gym, whether practice, game, or uh, shoot-around. Kids got to give you everything. So, you know, hopefully Detroit can uh, can get a little bit better. You know, they're struggle right now a little bit, but uh, haven't heard anything on on Luca and on will he be back or not. But it's a kid that uh, you know I've never seen anybody probably work harder and, and with with more intent and purpose in his workouts than Luca. Bobby, thanks for being so gracious with your time. Good to catch up with you. Enjoy the summer, Bobby Hanson. Thank you. All right, man. You, you too. Thank you. Yep. Good to talk to you, Bobby Hanson. As uh, we catch up with uh, with the former Hawkeye great NBA champion. Love listening to him on I the do radio too. call. Does such a good job of mm-hmm. breaking down the game, making it very understandable as you're driving around and trying to figure out exactly what's happening. And Bobby does a great job with it. Indeed he does. Some of the McCaffrey stories. Uh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Yes. Uh, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish up the hour. We're going to head to uh, the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. Dane Mazzatani writes for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Check out on the Twins, on the Vikings, in the Wild, on the T-Wolves with Mazzatani, maybe a little Gophers. Does he do any college? He has in the past. I don't yeah. know if that's part of his beat currently, but yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades over there. And he the went to you up there. Indeed, left, left Hawaii. <laughs> What a culture change that had to be, right? And he stayed there after college, too. It's a beautiful city, but man, where he was born. Uh, And then uh, Cappy joins us at 1130, uh, sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Problem call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, Aaron Rodgers has found love, Trent. Oh, finally. He did. He's dating a witch. Uh, a self-proclaimed... I, I think you... No, not a, no, a witch. Oh. You did just say that and... No. She's a medicine woman who goes by the name... This is her legal name. She changed her name. Uh-huh. Her name is Blue of Earth. 
And you can find her on Instagram. Is of her middle name? Of is her middle name. Okay. Earth is her last name. Blue, B-L-U of Earth. So Aaron Rodgers. Boy, he's a weird duck. Looking for love in all the wrong places. He's, he's a hell of a player, but my God. Dating a self-proclaimed medicine woman. Uh, if you're on Instagram, she's blue of earth on Instagram. Well, I had plenty of dalliances with witches in my day, so. <laughs> yeah, I've married one. Not the current one. But my, uh, my my wonderful son was a product of that, so I can't be too pissed off. Yeah, very, very right. true. So I'm still watching this live tour. Mm-hmm. The scoreboard is awful. Is it? It's absolutely brutal. So this is what they Different have. Different or awful? Awful. Okay. Well, they have the team logo for the team competition that is a part of it next to their name. Well, I That's didn't fine. even know there was a team aspect oh, yeah, of yeah. it. yeah. Four teams. Uh, I think there's eight captains. They pick their team leading into the tournament. Every week they yep. pick new teams? They have terrible team names. But- this is what it says as you look at the leaderboard. It's got the logo for the team, mm-hmm. and then B.Gray, G-R-A, and then S.Hor, H-O-R. It just has the first three letters of the last name. I don't know who P.K.W.M. is, but he's in first place right now. P.K. Yeah. Some guy from, I believe, the Asian tour. I saw him hitting a little bit earlier. I don't know who that is, but I'm watching here. Brooks Kepka. His little brother is part of this. Oh, really? Yeah, Chase Kepka, who has bounced around, tried to make it a couple of times on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's played in the European European Tour a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Has not been able to get his card, but he took the money. So I'm watching him. He's got a big Did old... Did the Saudis think they were getting Brooks? Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Right. He's wearing the same shoes. He's got his brother's kicks on. So yeah, we got and, a Kepka. Right. And they look very similar. Now, he's not obviously nearly as good, nearly mm-hmm. as talented, but he's got a big old tennis school. His back pocket. I'm going to guess that's frowned upon on the PGA Tour. Yeah, probably. Just a little bit. So I went to his Wikipedia page, though, and I I was looking a little bit more. This is the Wikipedia entry. As we know, you can, of course, edit it at any time. Most recently, Chase Kepka has sold his soul to the Saudi Arabian (laughs) regime for an undisclosed amount of money and is a participant in the newly formed Live Golf League champion by the slimiest of the slimy, Greg Norman and Phil Nicholson, (laughs) one of the greediest scumbags to ever play the game. Now... He can claim to have as much money as his knuckleheaded brother. That's funny. Uh, I wonder how that long that'll stay up. But who's who's searching Chase Kepka's guys like page? Me. Yeah, guys like you. Well, uh, we like to keep you informed. Knuckleheaded Aaron Rodgers is dating Blue of Earth, and Chase Kepka's on the live tour. Our number two coming up: uh, Dane Mazzatani from the Twin Cities, David Kaplan from the Windy City. Trent's Play of the Day, sponsored by Circus Sports. Hour 2 next, Miller & Condon, 106.3 KXNO.